Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And I'm so excited for bringing on a new guest today. She is going to tell us all about numbers. And I know most of us are in the creative space. And so I just want to beg you <laughs> to listen <laughs> from beginning to end today because this is what our industry needs most. And sometimes we, we want to do like all the fun, pretty things. And we just don't want to pay attention to like the business things because I mean, I'm a creative and I'm not going to even pretend like the numbers in business side is not the most fun. However, once I really learned the back end of it, it actually is not that bad. And it actually excites me the first of every month to get a P&L, which if you don't know what that is, we're going to explain it. And listen, don't if you don't know what something means today, like reach out and ask, like, don't feel dumb. That's not what we're trying to make you feel at all. Like I want to bring awareness to you all because this was me years and years ago. Like I didn't even know what ROI meant, which is return on investment. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but today I'm chatting with Danielle Hayden. She is a reformed corporate CFO, super fun, who is on, she's really on a mission and she really wants to help rule break. I know we're all about rule breaking here, um, and help entrepreneurs like really understand their numbers so they can really gain the confidence and the needed confidence to bring in a profit. There's nothing wrong with making money, people. And so after spending 10 years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, which I was in corporate America for about 10 years too. So I hear you, Danielle. Um, yeah, you get it. <laughs> she is now in her sweet spot and she's the co-owner of Kickstart Accounting Inc., where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, which y'all is so important. And she really, she's an educator. And she's the author of the Profit Planner book series. You guys have to check it out. And author of Profit Planner books. And again, like, it, it, it's just funny that you named Kickstart Accounting. I'm like, she must be a kick-ass fun girl. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank <Yay>! you. <laughs> and so today's going to be all about money mindset and how to help creative entrepreneurs. Um, really, again, even if you don't love your numbers, we're going to teach you to love your numbers and really your numbers are going to help you make sound business decisions. Even if your natural tendency is not to focus on the finances and the numbers. And one more thing before I bring Danielle on y'all, when I learned my numbers, it was really easy for me to learn how to say no. When I learned that it was going to cost me thousands of dollars to do a project. So I just want to throw that out there. So Danielle, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And Angela, that was uh, such an amazing introduction. And there was so much in what you already said that I am so excited to unpack. Yay. Well, before we dive into all the, uh, my, as my team likes to say it, like the geeky stuff, um, tell us like a little bit about your background, like how, where and how did you grow up? Were you always interested in numbers? Like how did you go down this finance path. Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. What's up, GST leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled, where we share expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals. You know we're going to take you behind the scenes of our experiences, share with you what we've learned from them, and how it's made us stronger. Because no one said it's easy owning a business, right? But it's a lot more fun when you've got a strong support team around you. And that's exactly what we do at GSD Creative. We're right there by your side. And I'm so excited that you've chosen this podcast to take the first step in growing a productive, profitable, and successful, wildly successful business within the hospitality and creative industry. 
Today's episode is being brought to you by 99designs. 99designs is the global creative platform that makes it super easy for designers and clients to work together to create designs they absolutely love. You can get creative concepts from a multitude of talented designers. You get matched with the perfect designer to help you bring your idea to life from start to finish. From logos to packaging, apps to books, 99designs is a faster, simple, and affordable way to find and work with creative talent. You can save $10 today on your first design by visiting bit.ly slash ap99designs. Give it a try. So I am about as untraditional as, as they come. So I, I, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I actually still live here. Um, didn't, didn't move far from, from my family. Uh, you know, growing up, I actually loved being creative. I loved drawing and I actually spent several years as a hairdresser and uh, I, I, I didn't have a, a analytical mind at the time. Uh, I actually didn't do well in my math classes. And uh, I, I know, I, I, growing up, that was, so you, you can't use the excuse, well, I've never known numbers, so I can't do this today. Because I came from a mindset and an environment where I actually didn't understand that it wasn't my natural strength. So I was uh, actually uh, working as a hairdresser and I decided that I needed to find a career where uh, I could get a nine to five. I had a young daughter at, the, at home at the time. So I went back to school and I went to school for, for accounting and I learned to love the numbers and I learned to love the information that the numbers are able to arm you with. So I went into corporate accounting and uh, spent many years, uh, you know, I always joke around sitting in the boardroom and uh, working with the management team. So, so think about the, uh, the sales team and the marketing team and the business development team. And really my primary job at that time was to deliver them the numbers that they needed in order to help grow the business. And I took all of that experience and all of the information that each of these departments needed, and I, I started to um, to find this passion in helping entrepreneurs get that same information about their business so that they can make those high-level business decisions. So not just helping the, the, the folks in the boardroom and the management team, but getting you know boots to the ground and and helping the small business owners who really have an opportunity to make a difference in the world. And it makes such a difference. And even though like when I was in healthcare, I would also sit in weekly <laughs> meetings in the boardroom and they would pass the financials around. I mean, I'm still on boards to this day and you know, they always pass the financials around and I used to just kind of like glaze over and like pretend as if I was listening. And then I really didn't know like what the hell I was looking at. And like, now I understand, like I totally understand, but it's crazy how I went all those years, about the same amount of time you did for about 10 years, but not understanding like the roots of the numbers. And so, and they would sit there and use all these freaking acronyms and, and I never <laughs> yeah. asked because like that wasn't my role. Like, and then starting out a business, which many creative entrepreneurs, we don't grow up dreaming like, oh, we're going to own our own business. I mean, my parents did not own a business. My uncle did, but um, it, you know, it, it varies by industry. It varies by, I mean, creatives are their own little beast. And sometimes we are our worst enemy because we're not armed with the numbers. And so why, I mean, first off, like just from an important standpoint, like for people, you, you can't be success. In my opinion, this is my opinion. You yeah. can't really truly be successful if you don't know your numbers. So what, like, what's the first step for people if they don't actually understand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I 100% validate your opinion that you, you really can't grow and up level your business. You really cannot, 
make good business decisions unless you know your numbers. And people always say to me, what does this air quote, know your numbers mean? And so I, I can I can walk us through some key metrics of, of, of what are some good numbers to know. But I, I want to take that one step further. Knowing your numbers means learning how to use the story that your numbers are trying to tell you to make future business decisions. So your numbers are, are telling you, the numbers are telling you what is working in your business today. You know, where are your sales coming from? Where are you losing clients? Uh, where are you spending the most money? And do they align with your goals? And so if you can listen to the story that your numbers are telling you, then you can make shifts in your business as you move forward that can really help you um, make the, the necessary changes so that you can meet your goals. Yeah. I mean, so can you, uh, do you have clients that come to you and they're just in a mess? <laughs> Like, oh, can you give us like, your time. favorite example? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have the best example for that. So, so if, you know, first and foremost, uh, we have we have heard it all, uh, and and I I want to say, you know, for anybody who's out there listening to this, thinking, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I I haven't even done any of my bookkeeping. I don't have an accounting software. I I don't know what any of this means. Take a deep breath right? You're not alone. We hear it all the time. And our goal is really to create an environment for business owners where there is no shame. I don't care how long you've been in business uh, or if your brand's thinking new, uh, it is never too early or never too late to, to start down this process and get the help that you need. So first and foremost, ditch the shame. Yeah. Uh, we, right. We, so we had a, a client come to, uh, come to us. This was, this was about six months ago now. And she said to me, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I've been in business for four years. I just, I keep on bringing in money and I keep on spending money just based on the cash that's sitting in my checking account. I have no idea if all of my invoices have been paid. I don't know who owes me money. I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to have to close my business because I'm operating at a loss. And you know, she was just in total disarray. And I said, all right, let's go one step at a time. Let's do, we call it a catch up. So we, we take all of her transactions uh, everywhere that she's been spending money and making money. So think about your point of sale system, maybe your PayPal, uh, your credit card, uh, and then, and then you're, you're checking in your savings account, right? So we took all of those transactions and we pulled them into QuickBooks and we sent her her first set of financial statements. And I said, um, first and foremost, uh, you do not need to close your business. And I cannot teach you how to operate your business at a loss because honey, you have made an income of $40,000 this year, but wow. because of the way you're right, right. And she had no <laughs> wow. idea. Yeah. She had no idea, but here, you know, what was confusing to her, and I don't want to, I don't want to put us into an accounting hole right here, but <laughs> because she was an LLC, right? So she was, her business entity was an LLC. So every time she took money to pay herself, it's called an owner's draw. So that doesn't show up on your profit and loss statement. And so she was taking all this cash out of her business to pay her mortgage and her rent and, um, and her, her car payments and her kids daycare, but those weren't business expenses. Mm -hmm. And so we had to do some financial education so she knew how to, how to pay herself. But first and foremost, learn that she was, first of all, you know, kicking butt and making yeah. an income. Uh, and, and then, and then two, learn how to effectively tax plan so that she can uh, continue, continue to grow her business. So I know a lot of creatives that come to me for consulting and this happens all the time where the, they're like, okay, I have I talked to a lady the other day. She's like, I have a budget. I, I would like for you to run some Facebook ads for me. She's like, I see your ads. And she's like, I can pay $2,000. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. First off, like, I don't do ads. Like, <laughs> That's not what I do. I, it's just so funny. And um, sh so I'm like, okay, well, 
let's look at where, where would you like to drive these people to? You know, I started asking questions and I'm like, your website's out of date. It do, it's not even hooked up to social media. And, you know, it's like one question leads to another question that leads to another question. And really she, she didn't have an accountant. She didn't know her numbers. And then when I started asking her about, um, like a new website and things like that. And she's like, well, I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I am making money. I'm like, but these things are a, a tax write-off too. I mean, any amount of money that you invest in your business, um, it, no matter what state you're in, yeah. in the United States, like, and she's like, what do you mean? And so I'm like, I am not an accountant. Um, <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, I try to do turbo tax and, I'm like, I just stopped her there. I'm like, listen, I used to go to the library the first few years that I owned a business and get my taxes done for free. But, and then I'd like hired a real, real accountant, but the things that the accountants can do for you in the financial world. And by the way, guys, the rules change every flipping year. And so, and the write-offs and there's so many things that we don't know as creatives because we're not a, a, a tax person, but like hire somebody please that knows and keeps up with everything because the write-offs and the tax, there are a lot of tax benefits, yeah. but there's also a lot of loopholes that if you were to be audited, like people, you don't know what you don't know until you get dinged with a big old fine. So right. just, I mean, make sure that your accountant and, and some people that do bookkeeping, they don't do taxes, right? I mean, two different things. Yes. So, um, our firm, we actually focus on, uh, business management. So we do all of the bookkeeping and then we help you use the numbers to tax plan and we help you use the numbers to manage your business. And then we partner with, uh, another firm for, for their, for, um, tax returns. Uh, I am a CPA. I have my master's degree in accounting and even I <laughs> don't, don't love the taxes. Okay. So uh, you have to be a special kind of person to really love taxes. But so I, so uh, if you do not have any help in your business today in your accounting, uh, step one would be, you know, make sure uh, your business and your personal uh expenses are separate into two separate checking accounts. Uh, next step would definitely be to get an accounting software. Uh, step three would be to get some ongoing help. So uh, a lot of a lot of clients, when they come to us, they say, well, I've only been doing my financials at year end. And so I only know where my business stands once a year. Okay. But how can you make business decisions if you only know what you're doing once a year. And so our goal is really to kind of break that mold of, of small business um, mindset and that you have to have this information at the end of every month or at the minimum at the end of every quarter. So we had a, a, a client who uh, she had actually launched a new um, service line and she did this in February. And it was about the same time that her and I started working together. And we were sending her financials every month and we were sending her this weekly cash dashboard every week. And uh, she, she slowly noticed her cash was decreasing. She had more and more clients who owed her, her more money. And she was watching her credit card balances creep up. And we kept on saying to her, hey, you know, your biggest expense is it's really outgrowing your revenue and, and you're spending a lot of money in contractors. And this, all these contractors ex expense are from this new service line. And so we watched it for about six months. And then she came to me and said, thank you so much for making sure I had this information every month because I am terminating that service line. And had I not had you sending me that every month, I would have kept on running with this. And who knows how much further in debt I would have been in by the time I got to the end of the year. That is, I mean, so that's so interesting. And a lot of us, like, although I'm a creative, like I'm a goal person. And so it's like, if I set a goal and I'm like, okay, this year I'm going to do this, 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 and this, 
And I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I'll just keep going with it. But then in quarter one, if we're losing X amount of dollars, like it's okay. Not all the ideas we have as creatives is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't know what it costs. Yeah. Well, we, so we use a term called, um, rinse, rinse, rinse and repeat, rinse, yes. wash and repeat, yes. you know, try it. Uh, you know, don't live in a place of fear. Uh, know, know if you can afford to try this new adventure, uh, this, this new possibility, uh, watch it and monitor it and then act quickly. If it's not working, then you need to pivot and change in your, in your business. But, uh, it, we see it all the time. We either see people who are too fearful to try something new uh, because they don't know if they can afford to do it or they try something new and then they hold on for so long uh, and, they're, and, and they don't realize how much money that they're losing. Like hemorrhaging. Like, mm-hmm. hemorrhaging. like so what are the, some of the mindset traps that business owners, like, again, to me, it's like, it is a mindset, but it's like, you don't know what you don't know until someone tells you. And like years ago, that's when it's almost like, I felt like someone like took a sword and like jabbed it in my heart and twisted it as the blood was rolling out. When my comments like, you get 30 something wedding for free. And not only was it for free, but it cost you this many thousands of dollars, which could have been a full-time person. And it's like, well, I didn't know these things. And so now like, that's what, what I tell people, like when people are like, try to haggle with me. I'm like, I can't haggle with you. Like I run a business and Mm -hmm. while this is fun and it is rewarding and it is creative and all of that, like I know my numbers that it costs me X and I don't make a penny. That's just to pay the overhead and to pay to run the business and to pay the people. And that's just break even. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I might as well just go get a job if I'm going to break even. (laughs) Like, Right. And be or Chick Fil A because I love their sauce, but it's just like <laughs> it's like a mindset. So, what are some of those it traps is. to get? How do we get out of the the trap? Uh, you know, first and foremost, you do not run a nonprofit. You right. did not start a nonprofit. You do not have. I'm. I am giving you permission. You do not have an obligation to save everybody. It is not your job to save everybody. And think about, think about yourself, right? I, for me, I would rather pay someone and pay somebody a reasonable fee for them to give me their best effort. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, I was looking for somebody to come in and help me with some new brand photos. And so I've reached out to a local, um, a local Facebook group here. And I had a bunch of, uh, local photographers who, who I had did some discovery calls and I had one woman who we just hit it off. Uh, her name, her name's Brenda and Brenda and I just, we totally clicked and I knew I wanted to hire her. And so I kept on asking her questions on her pricing and she kept on telling me, well, it depends. And I I don't know. And then she said, well, if I get only give you three hours and only give you 25 photos, then I could only charge you you X. And I said, Brenda, I didn't ask you to give me a deal. I didn't ask you to save me any money. Right. I never, I never even asked you to save me any money. I was willing to pay you whatever you needed in order to, to run the photo shoot, run it really well. Like I want you to bring your assistant and I want you to give me the whole deck of photos and I want you to do a really good job. So what do I need to pay you for that package? And she couldn't answer me. And I said, look, I said, it was a Friday. I said, I'm going to give you until Monday end of day. I want you to take the weekend and I want you to think about um, how much each package how much time it, it takes you to perform that service and then how much you would need to pay yourself, right? If you had to pay somebody else to do it, how much would you pay them? And then you need to mark that up so that you're making a profit on this service. Amen. And so she went, right. And she went back and she came back on Monday. She's like, this was the best uh, discovery call I've ever done because I made her really concentrate on that. So for anybody who's out there thinking, um, you know, everybody wants a deal or I I don't know, I don't know how to do my pricing or I don't know how to overcome these mindset issues. Just remember you're in this to run a business. 
You are in this to make a profit and not everyone is looking for a deal. In fact, like it's not really about the deal ever. It's about the value and the quality and we have really tried hard. I call it potty train your brain um, to potty train people like what that truly means. Um, what are your thoughts? Cause I'm sure that creatives come to you and say like, okay, um, you know, I know that it costs me this much to pay a person to outsource this and for editing, it costs me this. And for the camera, it costs me this. And it, let's say they even do film, which film is so effing expensive now, you know? And so let's say they know like, okay, just to do this shoot, it's going to cost me $3,000 out of my pocket. And then what do you tell them in terms of like how to mark things up? And like, I, I'm from the South. And so, you know, when it comes to commission and marking up and how you say it and how you frame your mindset around it, some people are like, oh, that's bad. And what do you tell people to like get them out of that and teach them how to price their services after their overhead? Yeah. So we talk about this um, a lot within the firm and, and a lot within our, our, our profit plan, our book, uh, because it, it's part of our signature framework. So I want you to, when you, when you start to think about this, think about who you are as a brand, right? So take a step back. Are you, are you trying to do um, maybe, I don't want to call it lower value, but you want to do high turns. So you're making money by doing a lot of these, right? So maybe it's lower margin, but you're doing a, you're, you have a lot of clients and you're doing these rapidly. And maybe even you have an assistant who you're sending out to do pieces and parts of this. Uh, so you can, you could save some, some, some money, but you're, you're really looking for, for the volume end. Or is part of your brand being a very high-end, high-value brand? So you're not taking on as many clients, but people are coming to you because you are the high-end designer, you're the high-end photographer in the area, and so you're your website and your branding and who you you are is is that – you're, you're not taking on as many clients because you are, you are charging more money for the service. So you can take on less clients and you're going to charge over industry average. So I generally tell people you should mark up all of your service and products by at least 30%. That is what we consider in the business management realm as a healthy margin. So you want to take that $3,000 and mark it up by, by 30%. If your industry does not allow for that and you're pricing yourself out of your market, so especially because um, – you know, a lot of photographers, people in the, in the um, wedding industry, they're going to be working in a local, a local area. And so if your local market cannot support uh, a higher rate, maybe, maybe you're coming down on those, those rates and you can't quite hit that 30% markup. Um, but think about one, your branding uh, and who you want to be in the marketplace. That will help you determine your pricing in comparison to your local market. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I'll say too is like my my accountant helped me really understand, which was probably a tad bit aggressive, but he's <laughs> like, I don't give a shit what everybody else is doing. He's like, why are you not splitting your services apart? And he's like, we need to figure out how much do you need to live and run your business if you're if you don't ha- if you're not married and you don't have a second income and you don't have other like it is you. And he's like, your business has to run on its own. And he's like, how much do you need to run the business and then live? And so like we did the numbers and then our business manager was like, okay, instead of doing 250 events a year at whatever people need, let's focus on doing 30 full service. And it's exactly what you just said, like figure out, okay, which seems so drastically different. And it took several years but we did it and and then we got better at getting full service clients because we had to change our branding and change our brand message to make sure that we were asking for what we needed to sustain the business mm-hmm. model and so now to, in my head i'm like oh it sounds so easy but it's it's not um nothing's easy it's, and it was, and no. it was. <laughs> yeah um 
and it's hard. It's so hard to say no. And it's so hard to say like, I'm not the person for you. But the, what I have found is the more that I say, no, this isn't a good fit, that leaves the time in the room for the yeses to focus more of our time on the top 30 clients rather than like 250 that were just all over the place. Like it was just, it was all right. It was so bad. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think you make a really good point there. Um, it gets easier to say no, you know, when you are really clear on, on not just your brand, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to step out of my realm of, of, of accounting yeah. and start talking about brand, but when you know who you are as a brand, so you, when you know specifically what type of client you're going after and what is an ideal fit for you based on what you can charge that client, right? So I love the exercise that your accountant had you do. That's exactly what we, we like to do with our clients. Determine what you need to live, determine what you need. We, we mentioned this before earlier in the podcast, that break even point. So mm-hmm. what are all of your business costs? So that's your, your Zoom subscription, your, all of your operating expenses. Think about all the equipment that you need. When you add all of that up, how many clients do you need to serve just to support your operating expenses and your personal goals? And then you can back into your pricing that way. I love that idea. Uh, but, but you do want to be patient with yourself that if you make that determination that you today are not where you want to be, that's okay. And you can start yeah. to make small changes to get to where you want to go. Uh, I know that we have shifted and changed our business every year we've been in business, right? Mm-hmm. Every year. Because, and again, it's like just because you launch a service line, just like you were saying about your client a few minutes ago, it doesn't always mean it's a good idea. Like I'll have ideas and then some of my team members, they're like, well, we need to test this. Like we need to use a software and we need to split test this just because you think it's a good idea or it's something you personally want to do. It doesn't mean that the audience or you know, consumers are going to grab at it or want it or take it. And so one thing that we've done is we've really tried to, you know, if you just listen to your audience and what they ask for, and if you continuously have people asking you over and over, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Like we have people at the end of last year that just kept asking, like, how are you putting out so much content, but you're all over the place. And I'm like, well, we batch our content. And we actually did, we do a retreat at the end of every year called wash, rinse, repeat your content. So you say it once and then you can use it nine or 10 different times. And it's, it's just a strategy. And I mean, somebody taught me how to do it. And so I'm happy to turn around and teach other people how to do it. And that's what they're asking for. So, you know, give them what they're asking for, but at the same time, educating people on their numbers and like, you know, what, what should they know? Um, so what are some of the basics? Like if we take it back to the basics, what should every person know and track? Um, so I know there's like lots of different reporting, like we use QuickBooks as well. Um, like just to get started and guys, I'm just going to tell you just from my own experience, like. I watched some videos. I tried to set up quick, quick, quick on my own. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> and so like I paid somebody, you know, to come in and, and teach me. And then I'm like, I'm not doing this every month. Like, who am I kidding? Um, and I just, I messed up a bunch of stuff and just had to start over. So like pay somebody to like set this stuff up for you. But like, what are some of the, every business owner should track and know like what? Yes. So we have a signature framework with three uh, key pieces. And uh, I I do have um, a a worksheet that that can help uh, with for your audience as a a gift we can talk about at the end. But but I do have uh, a gift for everyone that will help you uh, work through a lot of the the, these these analysis that we've been talking about throughout the podcast. So uh, I've three main things that I want you to start to drive, uh, drive home through your, through this analysis. Now, I just want to take it one step back and just make one comment about the, the QuickBooks that you mentioned. When you set up your QuickBooks, 
Um, I do recommend that you find someone who is qualified to be able to help you in, in the QuickBooks setup. If you go through QuickBooks and use their um, kind of their free setup, they will give you very basic accounts and they will give you a lot of um, generic uh, chart of accounts that will really benefit your tax account. So your tax account will probably really like the basic chart of accounts from your from your QuickBooks profile. But I always say, again, we don't just set up a, our QuickBooks account for just to file taxes. We set up our QuickBooks account so that we can monitor our financial progress throughout the year, right? So we need to be able to, to stay in line with our goals throughout the year. And so if you can set up that QuickBooks file with the right accounts, it can really help you uh, analyze the, the business and really focus in on these three things that I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about. So I just wanted to reiterate what you had already said about, about QuickBooks. Yeah. So, so step one, uh, is, is sales, right? So uh, a lot of people will be able to tell me uh, what their total sales were from their point of sale system. And that's great. I wanna take that one step, step further. What is your most profitable product or, or service line, right? Or your most, product, most profitable product or service. So that means taking your sales by product or your sales by service line and subtracting out the amount of money that you need to pay for the inventory or you need to pay other people to help you perform that service so that you know which one is profitable over time. So just because you're selling, um, a, you know, maybe, you know, like we were talking about before, maybe you were doing 250 events, but you were only making, you know, $500 by per, per event. But if you can, but if, if you can focus on, um, another service that is actually bringing you in a thousand dollars per event, you can do half the events and make just as much money. So, uh, want, step more. one is to, <laughs> Or more, or more. Yes. I mean, please, sky, sky's the limit. Yep. <laughs> Happened to me. But, but just step one is just knowing, knowing where you're making the most profits. Gotcha. What okay. is step two? Step two is to know your three biggest expenses, right? And, and here's why I want you to know this. I want you to take a look at what your goals are for the year. And so if your biggest expenses are um, advertising and, um, and uh, maybe you invested in a new software to help you service your clients and consultants, and your goal for this year was to really grow your top line revenue, then those expenses make sense. They support you in your goal for this year because your goal was to grow your top line revenue. So you needed advertising and you needed to bring in consultants to be able to help you hit those goals. We have a lot of clients who last year they were in a growth year and they were really spending a ton of money in, in, in these marketing and, and advertising efforts. And I've had a lot of people come to me uh, and say, you know, that was great and I learned a lot and I grew a lot. But this year, I want to take home a bigger pay paycheck. I want to get paid. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, our goal this year is now we want to be profitable. And so we're, we're looking at seeing where did they spend the most money? Where can we make the most cuts? And now this year, it's really easy to make a business decision. So when they call me and say, hey, Danielle, can I afford uh, this new this new business coach or this new fancy smancy software, I can say, well, your goal was to be profitable this year. Do we want to take that money out of your paycheck and for it to not support your goals this year? Right. <laughs> right. Yep. So if you, could, if you know your expenses and you know your goals, it makes decision-making easier. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And also too, like I'm kind of a software nerd. And so like very much like you're saying, um, you know, some of the softwares are not cheap. However, I'm always like, what's the ROI? So if we're going to spend $10,000 on a software, is it going to make us 30 
or is it going to make us more? You know, I'm not looking for another software to break even unless it's like a long-term strategy of building up a lead list. And that's another thing that I hear a ton of frustration is people are spending, they're boosting um, Facebook ads and Instagram ads with no strategy. They don't really mm -hmm. know what the hell they're doing. Um, yeah. so they're, they, I'm like, well, what's your ROI on that? And let's look at your analytics. I mean, again, like I'm no superstar in this, but I at least know where to look at the numbers. And then some of the people, they're doing it from their personal accounts and they don't realize it's not in a business account. And then they have, oh, no. which is even worse. So, yeah. you know, you add up all this money at the end of the year and you're like, oh, I'm just boosting, you know, this thing for 48 hours for a hundred dollars, whatever. But then you add it up at the end of the year and it's like, well, damn, I paid Facebook $20,000. What the hell did it bring me? And if you're doing it in your personal account, like, and again, guys, don't feel stupid. Huh? I did this <laughs> when Facebook first started doing yeah. this. And then when I hired someone, they're like, uh, you don't have any analytics. So we're kind of just going to have to start over. I'm like, well, shit. So, you know, we all make these innocent, I don't like to say mistakes. I like to say opportunities for growth faster. Follow yes. Lear learning. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, yes, we've lost money and yes, we didn't spend the money so smart. But when you learn those things, like I'm not afraid now to reach out to my accountant and say, Hey, is this a good, you know, decision or not? And then he'll ask, like, just like you said, the questions, you don't know the questions to ask to even make that financial decision until you have a company in place to help you with it. Because we just don't think like that. And it's not fun. Like I get it. You make it fun though. I have a, a, a squirrel, like just total squirrel moment here. How did you pick your business name? For my my daughter picked it. Really? <laughs> yes. So oh. uh, we've been in business for five years. My business partner and I were uh, sitting at the dining room table. You know, I had so just a little little fun funny story about how we got started. I I, I had been mulling over this concept for months. I was like, I know that we can do this. I want to reach all these small business owners and I have, and I know that we can do it virtually, right? I know that we can hit people all over the United States, even though I'm just in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And so I, uh, I had this girlfriend who we had worked together about 10 years ago. We had stayed in touch. We did like quarterly you know, dinners and, and whatnot. And so I sent her this text message and it was new year's Eve. And it was like a three page text message about my entire concept. And I said, do you want to do this with me? And all she responded back with was, I'm totally in. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so within 12 days, we were sitting at my kitchen table uh, trying to uh, put together this, this brand concept. And uh, my daughter, let's see, she's, she's 14 now. So she was like, you know, eight, nine at the time. Yeah. And she sat at the table with us and we just were making, we were brain dumping all these words. And she was like, I like kickstart, you know, like kickstart your finances, Kick, you know, let's get it kickstarted. And we kind of looked at her and we're like, yeah, that's perfect. Gee. That is so, so cute. Like, yeah, it, it's like kids say the funniest things. Like, I mean, I know it's a total scroll moment. The other day I was, um, you know how when people have like right hands, like they'll say, my assistant's my right hand or my second in command is my right hand. And one of my nieces, she's 10. The other day we were Marco Poloing one of my team members and she's like, so is, is Amanda's like your right hand, which I say that all the time. And she's like, so is this person your left hand? Because she's left-handed, which she is left-handed. And I'm like, you're so freaking observant. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I've never said that, but that, yes, she kind of is my left hand because she thinks very differently from how my creativeness is. And then my right hand is like super type A and like super accountable and, you know, very proactive. And then the left hand is like very analytical and the numbers person. So it's just, it's great how kids are so freaking observant. <laughs> like, well, it, it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. My my son uh, said to me, my business partner and I, we were we are yin and yang. I mean, I am very a quick start. I want to do every idea. I love to to talk and network and um, I like I like analyzing the systems. And she 
she wants to be behind the scenes. She wants to, uh-huh. to do the numbers. She was traditionally an, an auditor. And so my son, he's 10, he goes, so do you and Lindsay, um, do you guys, you know, do well and like, you know, chose to, chose each other because you're, you're totally opposite. <laughs> I was like, yeah, actually. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's so cool how kids pick up on these things, like at a young age. It's super cute. Um, yes. So getting back on track. So how do you help people understand about like paying yourself? Cause I know, I mean, there's all different types of ways to do it and there's different types of, you know, sole proprietor and LLC and S corp and, you know, there's benefits, there's pros and cons to everything, but how do you, what, what is your recommendation for entrepreneurs on that? Paying yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So this is the, this is going to be the worst answer I could possibly give you. It depends, right? And, and, and sometimes with, with accounting, there is a lot of it depends. But here's, here's what I want. Here's the general guideline that I like to give people. If you are consistently bringing in a profit into your business, so um, if, if on a monthly basis, when you get your financial statements from your bookkeeper, if you are able to show that you're making a profit, if you are consistently taking money from your business, so if you are taking... $500 a week or $200 a week or $1,000 a week. If you are able to consistently take money from your business to support your personal life, then I would recommend discussing with your tax accountant if it makes sense for you to become an S-Corp. Uh, the difference in the LLC and the S-Corp, just don't, don't, don't turn off the podcast. <laughs> right. You know, basic, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't let me lose you. Uh, basic, the most basic terms, right? If you are an LLC, when you pay yourself, you are nothing but a cash expense of the business. So you do, will not show up on the income statement and you do not lower the amount of taxes that your business has to pay at the end of the year. If you are an S-Corp, you pay yourself like a traditional employee. So as if you were went to work for somebody, you will get a, a, you know, a stub. Your business pays taxes on your behalf. Uh, you actually reduce the amount of, of, of profit that your business has to pay taxes on. Uh, so it is different, but I, I would suggest for anybody who is regularly taking home money from their business to open that conversation with their tax accountant. Yeah. And so what are your thoughts? I was in a meeting recently and we were talking about goals coming into a new year. Some people do annual goals. Some people do quarterly goals. Um, I used to do things annually, but like you were saying earlier, things change so quickly with looking at expense, like what's coming in, what's going out. And so I was in this, it was a powerhouse women's group. And one of the ladies, she said, my goal this year is to be able to set aside enough money so that I can afford healthcare insurance next year for my employees. She said, I have seven girls and I was, I like walked away. I'm like, wow, that's an awesome goal because like she has her own healthcare policy and like healthcare in the U S is a freaking mess. I mean, I can say mm-hmm. healthcare. Um, I mean, it would make me so upset that people would get discharged from the mental hospital when they were not mentally stable, but their insurance wouldn't pay anymore. So they had to leave. Like it's just the worst thing ever. That's why I had to get out. And so, but if people want to do something like that. And I even asked her after, I'm like, how do you even know how much to save for that? Like, and she's like, well, my, my accountant like sat down with me. So if someone wanted to do something like that, is that something that your company helps strategize so that they can work towards that goal? Or is that even like for a small business, like, is that even reasonable? Yeah. So, uh, so let me give two answers to that. Um, First, I would suggest goal setting. Uh, I know this is kind of a big uh, taboo word and people think, start thinking corporate, but if you can set yourself an annual budget as a business owner by saying, what are my sales goals? What money do I know I'm going to spend, right? So I know I have a renewal coming up in May. I know that I have 
Um, I pay my chamber of commerce in June. I know, you know, uh, whatever that looks like, right? So, so lay out your budget. And, and that is one of the things that my team loves to help uh, our clients with is, is laying out the next year so that you have those metrics that you're aiming for. And then at the end of every month, we can say, hey, you exceeded your budget or you didn't quite hit your budget, right? You overspent or you didn't hit your sales, your sales goal. So I recommend doing that annually. And if you, if you feel like annual is too big, at least set quarterly goals. So at the beginning of every quarter, say, this is how much I want to bring in in sales. Here's how much I want to bring in in profit. Now, if you're setting those profit goals, you could also back into things like health insurance, right? So if you want to give health insurance to your team, if you are setting a set, setting that budget, if you're setting those goals, you'll be able to say with confidence whether or not you can afford that. Uh, I would actually recommend in that instance to talk with your local broker to get an understanding of what that's even going to cost because it really determines it. it it really varies um, based on, on where you live, the group totally. that you have, where you can get insurance. You know, like here in Cleveland, we have uh, some, and if your team is all local, right? So we have a local hospital system that you can go to that's much cheaper. But because I have a team that sits all over the United States, mm-hmm. I would never be able to give that to them, right? And so it would be uh, much more expensive for me to offer benefits to my team because we sit nationally. Right. So, yeah. So there, and, and I definitely agree, like getting a broker, which again, some people, they, they don't have the mindset there. They're like, Oh, well, is that just going to cost more? And I'm like, no, the broker actually saved us money and they educated us. And you know, if you, if you get the right person, so yeah, I mean, it's people, people are typically there to help you be successful, not put you in the hole. Um, so yeah, for people yeah. who don't have a dashboard, which I didn't even know what that meant um, years ago. And so talk us through like, what is a financial dashboard? And should you look at it weekly, biweekly, monthly, quarterly? What is your best business practices in having and looking at a financial dashboard? I'm so glad you asked this question because I am obsessed with dashboards <laughs> and, and you can, you can tell that, but so in our, in our profit planner uh, book series, we actually lay out two different dashboards. And, and so uh, I, I recommend a weekly dashboard and then a monthly and then a dashboard that gets updated monthly. So on your weekly dashboard, uh, I would recommend looking at uh, each, all of your cash balances and all of your credit card balances, line of credit and availability, right? So you want to know where you want to have your pulse on, on, on your cash and then how much availability you have left. That way, if you do go to make a big business decision this week, you can say with confidence, well, I know I had enough cash or I don't. Uh, and you can say whether or not you have enough availability on your credit cards or your, or your line of credit to be able to support those investment decisions. It'll also help you find, um, uh, any, any issues that might, might be happening. Uh, we had a client uh, just a few months ago who uh, didn't realize that her point of sale system, uh, something broke and the point of the FreshBooks system wasn't depositing the cash into her checking account. And so as we were sending her the weekly dashboard, she realized the cash balance kept on going down and down and down. And then finally it went negative. And she's like, I do billing on the first of every month. What happened? And we realized that FreshBooks wasn't even depositing the money into her account. So there's a few reasons. You should look at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then two other um, you know, forward-looking things, right? So who do I owe money to, right? Do I have payroll coming up? Do I owe my contractors money? Uh, maybe that website that we rebuilt, I'm going to have to pay that contractor. Maybe my business coach payment is coming next week. Uh, my, my bookkeeper payment's coming out next week. Just, just jotting down who you know you owe money to over at least the next week will give you a, a look into the future to help you, again, plan your cash balance. And then what, what clients owe me money, right? So if you are allowing for, for anybody to pay you based on terms, so maybe you invoice the client and then they have 15 or 30 days to pay you, um, this is a good op- opportunity to write down who owes you money and then you have 
the right, and I give you permission to go collect on the money. (laughs) So send out the collection notices uh, at the same time. So all of that, I think, is the most important part in a in a weekly dashboard. And and I will say, like, I mean, sometimes, especially during the holidays, we looked at ours. I don't know, between like, it's like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's fell so close together. And then I was looking at some numbers. I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody is late on like, because we bill the first of every month as well. And so I don't think people actually meant to be late. They were just so busy with like holidays and travel. And so one of the things that we have done is we our clients credit cards on file and then once we start working with them it's like do we have your permission to go ahead and use your card each month once we've sent you an invoice because otherwise people get busy and it's again they don't realize that they're late and then they're like oh my god I'm so sorry I didn't mean to and in, in my head I'm like oh my gosh well I owe other people you if if your people are late on pain then I could potentially be late. I hate owing people money. <laughs> so people don't know. It's like a domino effect. And if, if you're dealing with people who are not the business owner, and oftentimes we're not dealing with the owner, we're dealing with their assistant or a CFO. And they, sometimes they don't get it. Like if they're late and they're like, Oh, I'll just pay a fee, whatever. I don't want to charge you a fee. I want you to pay on time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Doing those automatic payments really, it just takes away all of that um, headache. So I know not everybody is set up to do that, but it really does help. At least it has with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> so a, that's a great can, idea. Yeah, like how can people? What's the best way to connect with you? Because I know you've got the Kickstart accounting, and then you've got the Profit Planner books. What's the best way for them to? hook up with you? Yeah. So uh, you can find me at profitplannerbookkeeping.com slash BU. And then uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. uh, It's Danielle Hayden dash OH. I'd love to connect with you on social media. If you are somebody who uh, does not feel ready to get help, but this conversation has really opened your eyes into, into um, wanting to learn more about your numbers, I really encourage you to check out the Profit Planner books. Uh, there's two books. There's Foundations and then Financials. They do build upon each other. Uh, the Each book is a 12-week series. And the whole idea here, guys, we really want to take the overwhelm out of accounting. I know it can be so scary, and I, I really want you to be able to embrace this information so that you can really succeed in your business. And so at the beginning of every week of the planner, we give you some financial education that's quick. It's two to three pages, not overwhelming. And then we break those those uh, uh, those pages, that, that education, into individual daily action tasks. And then as you perform those tasks, you'll really start to build the confidence and the knowledge that you need in your business. And it'll really aid you in in decision-making. So like I said, each planner is 12 weeks. It's daily action tasks and can be used as a planner as well. Now, if you're somebody that says, Danielle, I do not want to do any of that. That sounds terrible. (laughs) I totally, I feel you. I get it. Uh, we, We, that's, that's, uh, what Kickstart is designed to do. Uh, we want to take the um, accounting and bookkeeping out of your headspace altogether. So it's not even something that you have to worry about. We can handle all of the bookkeeping for you, send you your monthly reports, uh, get on, on, on uh, consulting calls with you to help you understand your numbers. Um, but really for, for, for both types of people who are out there, um, please feel free to contact uh, me. I would love to uh, learn more about all of you. That's awesome. And guys, make sure that you go and grab this financial goal setting worksheet because again, like even if you 
like if you don't have anybody and you're like, I'm not sure if I can afford, cause that was my mindset. And then I'm like, Oh, I can't afford not to know these things. Um, go to profitplannerbookkeeping.com slash BU, which stands for business unveiled. And just to be clear, it's profit P R O F I T the right way to spell profit. Cause my last name is profit. <laughs> so uh, yeah. just to be clear, and we'll also put this in the show notes so you guys can just click on the link and download it. And then again, it really is a tool. It's going to help you build. You, you can't start anything without a foundation. And so it can help you at least start take, to take that first step and really be successful. And then you can set goals and you can plan ahead. And then you can financially be educated to make those great decisions. So be sure to connect with Danielle on social media and then download your free worksheet. So Danielle, thank you so then- much for being here today. <laughs> Of course. I have one other gift that I'd love to offer your audience. This has been so much fun and I would love to continue this conversation with the audience. Uh, If you use code business unveiled, you can get 15% off the books. Or if you mention the podcast uh, on our discovery call, if you're interested in the bookkeeping services, I would also like to offer you 15% off of your first three months of bookkeeping services. So um, please use that, that code. I would love to keep the conversation going with your audience amazing and guess again we'll put all that in the show notes so get started and kick start your business and your accounting thank you so much danielle i hope everyone has a great day and thank you so much for tuning in to business unveiled and be sure to tune in next week so you don't miss any of the awesome business juicy details everybody have a great day bye now that you have all the tools you need to conquer the world in gsd Just share this with your friends and your fellow GSD leaders and be sure you're a subscriber so you never miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled and you can ask Siri to listen to the latest episode, but you got to be a subscriber. Before I go, I have a huge favor to ask and it would mean the world to me. While you're listening, snap a quick screenshot, post it to your Instagram story Tag me at GSD leader underscore and share with me your top takeaway from this episode and how it relates to you. Until next time, remember, stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.